Hey, this is We Talk Games. It's not Arcade Weekly. It's another one of these experimental shows. It's We Talk Games Mystery Box. Oh. I am your host. Hey, shut up. I am your host, oh. Kyle Von Kubik, and I'm joined along with Wiggly Check. Oh. Now you speak. Yes, I sound like me. This is part of our We Talk Games summer programming. The summer Mid-series programming. programming, Yes. Right? I don't know if people know this, but back in the 70s, you wouldn't mm. have reruns during the summer. You would have summer programming. They would be these other shows, which were like uh, maybe Shields and Yarnell would get a show, or instead of Sonny Bono, Sonny and Cher. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Okay. And like the... Like the did they do the Battle of Network Stars during the summer, like where uh, Welcome Back Cotter had to hold an egg in his butt or something? Yes, he went against Baba Black Sheep, and he scrambled his eggs. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, like the Hudson Brothers, I think did a did a fill in for Sonny and Cher and things like that. So it was all it was all new program. Nobody's new, filling in for us, though, evidently. All all new and experimental program. Of course, yeah. our mid series programming is reruns. Right. <laughs> we do the opposite, but then we also do these uh, new experimental shows. Uh, peppered in, peppered is the word of the day. Him. Peppered. Yeah. We're Peter Pepper. peppering him in. We're Pino peppering. Oh gosh, is Pino back? Pino is not here today. I was gonna, uh, I was gonna bring a. Uh, fans don't write in. I was gonna bring Playo. Playo who, is. Who a, is this? Is this another robot? It's another robot. It's a much more sophisticated robot that actually gotcha. it doesn't sc- scream while it's going to sleep <laughs> well it, it does scream and it does snore uh, and it does uh, howl and you got to treat it nicely or else he's gonna grow up an angry yeah uh, little pleosaur pleosaurus he's a he's some sort of robotic he's a dinosaur. dinosaur yeah cool. he's got like 195 sensors all over him that's sort of like andre the giant's teeth and uh, what is he a rotten apple? He's got he's got a uh, he's got rubber skin, and, and when you start him up, he starts as a little baby, and then you gotta like pat him and pat him and pat him and pat him, and then he finally tries to start to stand up, and he goes, gotcha. ooh, ooh, and there's all different types of things you can try to feed him. Like, uh, does he grow? Lick. He doesn't. He grows in maturity. Oh, okay. He gets sophisticated as time goes on. Yes, and there were different things you could buy for him, like these uh, learning Hats. stones. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, you actually could buy a coat for him, and it's a good thing <laughs> that you buy the coat because by penning his rubber skin, yeah. the latex starts to come off the paint. I know I said this the last time we talked about your robots, but these really do sound like fetish items. No, no. Petting dinosaurs. Uh, the- well, Pino's I, nose, if anybody look that up. Pino's nose is, is fetishy. And it only is used to communicate with other Pinos, which you got to imagine is just so much more fun. <laughs> yeah, that's a room I want to be in. Said nobody. <laughs> but Playo is, uh, was, I don't know, probably three to $500 when it came out a few years ago. But he has these learning stones. You make him bite them. And uh, and then he can learn how to uh, play dead. Actually, he could play dead, which is kind of fun. He can uh, learn how to count, do all different types of crazy things, and listen to you. He does the math like Horace, where he stomps his feet for multiplication. He might. Uh, my playo doesn't want to grow. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to get to the point where I could even just say learn his name. Uh, he th- it looks like he learns his name. Now, do you name it, or yeah. does it give you a name you're supposed Anything to call it? Anything you want to call him. Puppy, pee-pee, 
piss pot, whatever you want to call him. It's all I'd there. Probably start with a, a name like Greg instead of that, Wiggly. Well, <laughs> Maybe can. that's why he's not answering you. No, 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 no. He doesn't want to bite his name card. You give, oh. him, you give him this credit card to learn his name. And now he's he's, goes, he's sounding he goes, like some sort of appliance in the Flintstones. He goes, <laughs> and if he doesn't like it, he turns his head down. He goes, hmm. turns his head oh. away. Hmm. But if he's hungry for it, like for his ice, he loves to chew ice. Ow, ow, ow. Him and me both. So unboxing. <laughs> yes, that's very. It's a popular thing happening on YouTube. So why not do it in the audio format that you're used to? With We Talk Games. We Talk Games Mystery Box is just that. Wiggly and I have received all different types of gaming ephemera from you, the listeners out there. Uh, and we we let the people know that we were doing this by putting up flyers at college campuses. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that the show is on the air, part of the mid-series programming, I want everybody to know that they can send their items to We Talk Games P.O. Box. Data Redacted. You mentioned YouTube, and I got to tell you what Stinky told me. He's pissed off because he's on his way to having the most Christmas albums of any artist. And this last year, he released uh, July and Christmas. Brand new album. Brand new album, double album set. Most popular so far. Each year, it gets more and more popular. Except on YouTube, it's got 18 views. Really? 18 views on And he's like, I'm busting my ass over here. What I do, got to put a candle in a flower pot, get views. I got to say, you sound nothing like him. But it doesn't surprise me he's discouraged because of all the Christmas albums. This is probably my favorite video that he's put together (laughs) Mm -hmm. to go along with his uh, his albums. And maybe the problem with the video is that he made this Christmas in July or July in Christmas album so readily available in so many different formats, not just able to download online or stream it on YouTube. He put out cassettes, CDs. My personal favorite format was the 80 flexi discs. Yes. Not the best sound quality, but, you know, it was cool to get a box of 80 flexi discs. Yeah, because one song took like five flexi discs. Right. It's kind of crazy when you think about it. I think he's trying to be ahead of that hipster curve. That's the way of the future. And, you know, you had to buy the magazine that each one was in. Mm-hmm. And the VHS board game, which was odd. It was odd, especially because why does it come with a gun? <laughs> so let's do this unboxing, how we do yeah. this now. All right. This is uh, good we, for the kids. Yeah, so we're going to unbox something that we, we have no idea what's inside the box. Again, this was sent to why us by different listeners. Why would we have no idea? Oh, yes. Okay, I get it now. Yeah. So listeners <laughs> sent us these items. We're going to unbox them right now. On the air, okay, and then we're going to talk about them, and we're going to see what you, what happens. Again, it's an experiment, so um, let's flip a coin, and you go first. <laughs> okay, well, actually, uh, the listener sent this to me. I'm not going to be so much unboxing as I am going to be unzipping. Oh, interesting. They put what this, they wrap in one of these bags that you had to buy for your uh, whatever. Okay type of game system probably that you carry it around and it's like as big as your nana's purse <laughs> you know for your yeah. for your handheld system right <laughs> yeah don't forget to thank the listener who sent it to you all right well thanks uh data redacted so uh okay here we go i'm unboxing zipping oh we got three things in here oh wow okay well here's a sega nomad 
doesn't have the battery pack on it, of course. Great. That's uh, so, like every other Sega Nomad in the so that's, world. That's 20 batteries you need to put in there? No, you can't because it doesn't have the battery pack. Oh, oh, I got you. Yeah, no one has the battery packs for these things anymore. So you got to just plug it in. It's great for Wait, handheld. That was a separate unit altogether? Yeah. Wow, that was dumb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do we got here? Oh, we got the Wataru Supervision. Oh, no, okay. No game. Oh, this is the Wataru. That, now, if you don't know about the Wataru Supervision, it was a Game Boy competition. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're asking yourself, I don't know what that is. You, you know, already know how successful this gaming console was. But the, but the square screen was much larger than the Game Boy screen. And not only that, you had high-quality stereo sound. Right, as opposed to the Game Boy. Which was high-quality stereo sound. The neat thing about the supervision as well was, first of all, you had ghosting like crazy. You think you had ghosting on the original Game Boy. Boy, you had ghosting mm-hmm. on this. And it, it was so funny because you'd have games that were called like uh, Penguin's House. And it would be like Breakout. <laughs> or you had the magician's magic chamois shine. It'd be golf. Yeah. <laughs> it was all these weird things and weird pictures and it wouldn't be anything like it like it looked like. It's like um, you can tell when it's a bad bottle of vodka when it looks like it's carved out of an iceberg or it has some sort of flair at the top of the, the bottle. It's like you put too much effort into the presentation, naming, and packaging of the swill you're trying to peddle inside of this plastic bottle. Indeed. But the Wataro Supervision also would bend. It would bend right where the screen was. It would mm-hmm. bend at not a 45-degree angle. I'd say, what does that look like? Looks like a 45-degree angle. Oh, okay. Um, and then it would have these little feet. Some of them had the feet and some didn't. So that you could put it on a table and then you'd put these feet down so that you could play it, you know, on a table. Real with, arcade with action both, at home. Yeah, with both hands. Uh, much like I talked about the speed pad, uh, right. the speed strip or the speed whatever the fuck it was. But, yeah, you could you could play like that. Uh, the Wataro Supervision. There's no game uh, and the battery um, cover is missing. Does it do anything when you... Oh, there's no batteries in there either, I guess. It's like if you didn't have a cartridge. It's all all kind of rusty in there. Ew, gross. Okay. What happens when you... Let's see. Yeah, Uh, if you turn it on and there's no cartridge inside, do you get like a black bar but still get the bing like uh, the Game Boy used to do? Shit, I only have two batteries. Let me take them out of here. Stand by. Okay. Shit. Shit gadget. Oh, he wants me to. Sh- I can't do it. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good, Don Adams. All right, let's give it a, a try. Uh, oh, no lights coming on. That ain't good. So no, I'm gonna say nothing happens. So the listener sent you a broken Wataro supervision. I think that you need a cartridge in it to make it turn on. Was the company that put this out Wataro? Yes, Watara. Right. Watara. Watara. Is it? Right. What did um, I say? Wataro? Uh, you might have said I, I might have said it wrong. Either way, Ritara. Ritara. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, if I remember correctly, the buttons are green. The buttons are well, they're uh, mint. They're a mint color, yes. yes. And the, the system itself is a gray, sim- not similar to the Game Boy, but you could see where they were trying to 
cop the Game Boy style where it had green buttons, the Game Boy had red, it was gray, so was the Game Boy, and they try to add little dumb things like the beveling screen, which I actually think is, is, particularly with those type of um, screens with the original Game Boy and this system, that bendy screen was probably helpful in regard to seeing what was going on. Although if I, what limited experience I have playing this system, and it's been years since I played it, the frame rate maybe it just goes back to blurriness. Very muddy. Yeah, it's of the system. The ghost they theme. To, yeah, they try to go for bigger sprites too. Yeah. What year did that come out? The, the, Jesus what, Christ! This isn't even a thing that we're supposed to. That's the. Oh, you haven't been the box. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. No. Let's see here. Uh, this came out in battery oh, DC. It's okay. good vintage. <laughs> yeah. So it's like AD and DC, I guess. <laughs> I know a number it is. I'm going to say it came out and you can look that up. Oh, here. So this is the thing that they actually sent us. That is the thing that we're supposed to unbox. And it is the Joy Plus Handy Sport. What is that? You get a handy. Nice. It's Joy Plus by Joy Plus, I guess. Uh, It's patent pending by Handy Sport. And what this is here... And if I open it up, speaking about the Game Boy, let's see. They have the Game Boy inside of here. So this Handy Sport makes your Game Boy protect it. It looks like if your original Game Boy became Iron Man. Uh, that's, that's what would happen. He would be this. Every port is sealed up. You have your volume that's under a flap. You have your connector that's under a flap. Yeah. You have this rubber going around the entire thing. The on-off are these plum-colored things, as well as it comes with a light. So you can oh. turn the light on and off. The power I'm sure that input. doesn't kill the batteries immediately. <laughs> well, that's the funny thing about it. I didn't tell you if it comes with a battery pack. It does not. <laughs> so let me... <laughs> Let me open this up and actually look in here to tell you. Oh, wait. How the hell do you? Oh, there we go. Okay, so here's the Game Boy. Ah, uh, oh, I see what happens. I don't think it really magnifies it very much. It might magnify it a teeny tiny bit, this case, because it fully encloses your... Oh, my. The gray bevel came off of my the Game Boy that's in here. The, oh, the oh no. yellowish Game Boy. The oh, yellow no. gray. Yes. So it comes with this uh, thing that looks like two pieces of aluminum foil sticking out of a rubbery thing you might shove up a person's butt at the hospital. And that connects to the light. So you're right. It did connect right to the Game Boy's four batteries, and that would run the light. Wow. So, yeah. You sort of got like me- your worm light. Right. Only you probably got maybe three minutes of gameplay using this device. But you could do it underwater, I imagine. You know, it is waterproof. There's even some cellophane, like, over the speaker port. It's very thin, so I guess you could still hear through it. Right. But I I don't think this could go underwater, but it definitely would be waterproof. So it's just called the Handy Sport, and I guess you would use this to go play sports. <laughs> right. You could you really could, wet sports. You could probably huck your Game Boy across the macadam. Now that would probably scratch this tiny magnifying window in here, 
but it looks like it protects everything very well. And it's a very, it's a sturdy case. It's pretty thick plastic. And it does have the, the lighting comes in from the sides. So that's, uh, that's pretty interesting mm. instead of just one spot uh, right. from the top or something. There, there's two side lamps that are, uh, it's hard to tell. There's, there might even be four little arc lights um, they didn't send me batteries with this either, and the there goes the, there goes the bezel of the oh, game. Oh gosh, board. you got to get some tape for that. There was a few of these things out at the, the time. I, I oh, remember yeah. going on a field trip, some elementary school grade. Yeah, and one of the kids had not this version, but the Handy Boy, which <laughs> is like the I don't just adding more plastic to a plastic brick. It had like fold out. Speakers mm, yes, to, yes. Take, to take your mono and make it into two speakers. <laughs> uh, it would put, you know, a little joystick over the D-pad and two really uncomfortable buttons over the very comfortable buttons of the Game Boy. Uh, there was magnifying glass right. on there and a light. And, um, yeah, it looked ridiculous, but when you're in third grade, you think it's the coolest thing you've ever seen while you're playing Paperboy <laughs> on the Game Boy. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there was a lot of these dumb things floating around. I do remember them, although I never saw the uh, the Handy Sport. Oh, it, the ha- Handy Sport is like a hazmat suit for your Game Boy. It really is. It's huge. And by the way, yes, the Game Boy does have stereo sound, uh, but doesn't not, doesn't have high fidelity. Is that what the? Is that what, yeah, the uh, maybe. what did this say? High quality stereo sound. Uh, where the uh, Game Boy has low quality stereo? No, I don't think so. The Game Boy above the bevel says dot matrix with stereo sound it must be stereo when you have the headphones in because yeah, i know yeah. it only has one speaker yeah oh, right that's okay. the same way the supervision is you only yeah, have one speaker very nice <laughs> and, uh, but you have high quality stereo sound but you don't right. have the dot matrix i guess you just have the block matrix ghosting right that's pretty cool this handy sport i'm going to put some batteries in this bad boy and i'm going to take it out in the rain and what this really reminds me of and I like this unboxing because it's not only unboxing these goodies, but it unboxes huge tangents because all of these items sort of tie in with other things. Right. Uh, you think about this handy sport. I wish I knew what year this came out. But you got to realize this is the original big brick Game Boy. So, oh, yeah, that's correct. Uh, yeah. So you're, you're essentially like adding more mass to a brick <laughs> you know that's true but i'm trying to say about when it when it came out let's see the original game boy well this game boy's from 1989 89 probably right yeah, the I game boy's from 1989 out. so maybe this came out in 1990 1991 at the latest so here you have a handheld device in the late 80s that is waterproof. How long did it take for our phones to become waterproof, water resistant, I should say? Yeah, that's only in what the last ten years, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, the the androids did it first, but even that wasn't so long ago. You say ten no. years, I might say f- six years, but you I don't know. Right. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows really? But nowadays, they're pretty much good and waterproof take a shower with your iphone and stuff like that if you yeah want to do that 
Talk about fetishes. Who doesn't? Yeah. But the fact that this is big and bulky, it's very similar to our phones today. And even uh, whenever they come out with a phone, especially Apple, oh, it's one millimeter thin. It's only one millimeter. And then, okay, I got a one millimeter phone that bends in half in my pocket. Now I need to put a case on it, and now I want a screen protector. Yeah. Now it's five meters thick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. it's ridiculous. Not even nowadays can you. What are these hard cases called? They call them like the koala cases. Oh or something. yeah, the, the otter. I think is one of them. Yes, yeah. the otter. Otter case. So sure. think about an otter case when they first came out, and how gigantic those were. That's about what this handy sport would be relative to compared to the first release of the otters. Now the otters are a lot smaller and, you know, whatever. But think about the first otters that came out or these cases that used to come out for your for the first iPhones, which were pretty large. Right. Uh, actually, they were small, but they were thick. The first iPhones were small, mm-hmm. but thick. Right. And then the, now they're huge person, and thick. <laughs> they, they exactly, but they break yeah. if you look they're at them. Paddles. Weird. Yeah, that's right because they're only one millimeter thick. Right. My my original um, cell phone uh, was a little Nokia brick, um, but not yeah. the size of a Game Boy. But it had Snake and it had an FM <laughs> tuner on it, yes. and you could kick it down the stairs and still call somebody. Granted, you had to press one three times to text the letter C. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I do miss the days of having technology that was a, a little more durable than it is today. The same could be said about the Game Boy. The original Game Boy was pretty durable. Oh, hell yeah. They still have that one at the uh, Nintendo in New York, right. Nintendo uh, building that was like went through a fire. <laughs> it got blown up in a tank during the first Gulf War. That's right. Yeah. They have it on life support where it's plugged in and has the Tetris cartridge. I guess it's just melted into the system. But yeah. <laughs> to be honest, it still I've works. seen it. Yeah, I've seen it in person. And there's less dead pixels on that screen than there are on some <laughs> of the systems being sold on eBay now mint. <laughs> right. Like I said, this brings up a lot of conversation. It really reminds me of this one screen protector that came out for the Lynx. Now, the Lynx was made by Atari. And the Lynx had two flavors. They had a bigger paddle that you could really crack someone's skull with. Nice. If you wanted to. Yes. Because I think this took six batteries. I think the Atari Lynx took six batteries. And then they came out with a, a slimmer paddle one. But they both had the same horrible screen. <laughs> with that, If you want to talk about Blur. ghosting, yeah. it had ghosting on there. Plus, you had scan lines out the Guazui. Right. I often talk about it, you know, you always try to put scan lines to make things look old and stuff like that on televisions. But I never had, I had TV since I was, in, since 1967, I had a television in my room because I would get the old black and whites that came out of the living you room. You had one of those mechanical room. televisions as a kid. It was a big giant wooden thing. The screen was almost circular. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's how the corners are. But. But, I mean, there's really never scan lines like that on anything, except the Lynx. The Lynx had scan lines like crazy, and only second would be, second in scan lines on the handheld would be the um, Game Gear. The Game Boy did use the dot matrix display, so that was a hell of a lot nicer. And the Turbo Express, you can shit on the TG16 all you want, but that's I Turbo haven't, Express. I have for the record, everyone listening. Thank you. 
Yes, I just want to, I'm talking to you, Trip Hawkins, which, who was last week's <laughs> show, by the way. Yes. But, he was um, a great guest, though. He was great. And that's why we needed to play uh, Interview Starcade. But that had, from what I recall, that had an individual resistor for each pixel that was on that screen. Wow. So you didn't have any scan lines. And I mentioned this one time before, but it was a long time ago. When my stepdad saw me playing Alien Crush, he looked at it and he said, oh, is there oil in there? I remember the, this story, yes. Yeah, the the, the way that the... Like, the like liquid. Yeah, the liquid screen, yeah. moved on, you know, on the alien type of uh, the alien themed alien crush. He thought it was really liquid in there. That's how beautiful that screen was. But talking about the links, they had a screen protector, too. And it was kind of interesting. It was released by Atari. And I got to tell you, as far as handheld goes, I think Atari released the most Atari branded peripherals for their systems. Mm. And one of the reasons for that was... Because no one else wanted to make peripherals for the Atari. <laughs> it's true, um, though. But, but, you know, one of the neat things about the Lynx, before the Wonderswan came out, this was the first system that you could hold sideways. Right, I was just going to say that. it was made to hold sideways. Yeah, it was definitely um, inspired by the arcade division of Atari. So that you had both the horizontal and vertical orientation of games and played that way. And that's really what made it stand out to me as something, uh, you know, aside from being backlit in color, there was always the drawback of the batteries that you had that were associated with dealing with those type of systems with, you know, the turbo or the links or the game gear. But the fact that you could turn it on its side and play games in different orientation, which was great for shooters. Like um, Gauntlet. Yeah, oh, and Gauntlet 2 is and a great example. I think that was the only game. Was it really? No, there must, no, there must no. have been other games. I thought games there was a shooter for it. it that but could definitely Gauntlet. Yeah. yeah, definitely Gauntlet. That was a big selling point. But yes, if you look at it, much like the Wonder Swan, you will see that if you hold it horizontally, mm-hmm. you have an A and B button below the speaker, and then you have an A and B button above the speaker on your right-hand side. Right. And that's because when you held it vertically... You could use either hand to hit the A and B and then whichever thumb you wanted to do the thumbstick with. Right. So, uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. But their uh, protector did not really magnify, but it did protect the screen. However, it it this thing clipped on the – I actually have it with me here. This whole thing clipped in the middle of the, the whole thing, and then there was a flap on top of it. And this flap would fold up. There would be an extra glass that would be above the glass of the link screen. Mm -hmm. And then there were these two flaps that would come out uh, from this top lifting flap. It's very hard for me to describe this. You said uh, flap a lot. I know that. I said, yeah, it's a lot of flaps. It's all flaps. You can get that that cut off. Basically, you pitched a tent with this. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Any more euphemisms you can throw Mm. out? But... Honestly, this was so that you could go outside and play this in the sun because the sides and the top of the flap blocked the sun from coming in from the sides Uh-oh. and from the top. So you can look down at your screen much like you would with a camera or, or with your remote control helicopters. Well, you could correct me too if I'm wrong with this, but do you remember the little tabletop Coleco arcade games with the LCD screen? Now, they, sure. they were backlit, but they also, because they were trying to emulate an arcade, they, they 
I don't know, tilted the screen and actually put a hood over it, which helped mm-hmm. because the little light in there lighting up the LCD wasn't all that strong. And the later ones used the refractive technology yes. of putting the, you needed light right. to light the top of it. The top of it was where you had your color LCD mm-hmm. up top there. Yeah. And that would project, project down onto a mirror, right. mirrored surface. And you'd be looking at your Donkey Kong Jr. and stuff like that. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, Game watched this too with their, I think it was their Crystal series is what they called it. Mm. I might be confusing that with the series where it was actually just an LCD screen with no back behind it that you could see through, which sounds like it oh. might be more toward the the crystal. I know it wasn't the panoramic, but whatever it was, it, there was a few versions of the Game Watch where, yes, you actually put it up toward a lit window or wherever the sun was, and uh, there'd be a little white frosted piece of plastic that would help mm-hmm. light the LCD screen or give the illusion of light of it being backlit. But I believe the way they did that trick was having the inverse of what you'd normally see on a Game & Watch. So instead of the liquid within the crystal being black to animate the characters, it would be the negative space to cover up spots that you weren't supposed to see. Am I even saying this correctly? You know what I'm saying? Uh, no, but it sounds cool. Okay. <laughs> I know just enough about Game Watch to get me in trouble and uh, drain my bag account. And it years and it does ago, get not, you in trouble. Yeah, not recently. <laughs> you have Popeye, right? I have Popeye. Yeah, I have you, fucking lucky ducky. I have quite a few of them. I, I'm thinking about selling a few off. I, I don't know. We'll see. That's a different discussion. Yeah, you, you have the Disney's, right? Yeah, I got Mickey and Donald. I have a, a Donald Duck one, a Mickey and Donald one. I have Zelda. I have Stanley the Bugman. Oil Panic. Donkey Kong, quite a number of them. I have probably about... Donkey Kong 2. Is it, yeah, I think it is called 2. Yeah. What else do I have? Junior, I think. Yeah. I got to go down there and look. I think I have about uh, probably two dozen. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. A part of me wants to say I wish I had the money back, but yeah, I'm glad I got them. Yeah. Years ago. Not now. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't buy them now. Those fucking button batteries wear out like insanity. I got a couple That's the of problem them with mine. free because of that. <laughs> I, uh, I I won auctions on eBay, and because the sellers didn't have the batteries because they take watch batteries to even yeah. test them, um, they said that they were working. And then when mm-hmm. I got them, like half the screen didn't work because I, yes. I, I'm a fan of the dual screens or the multi screen, as it was called. Others had buttons that didn't work and face plates that were non existent. So <laughs> I contacted the seller twice, and this wasn't the same seller, two different sellers. And they're like, yeah, just keep it. Yeah, it was a cool. Yeah, not perfect, but at least yeah, I love cool people that that can't find fucking batteries. Yeah. It's like batteries <laughs> are like the ark of the covenant. Right. I can't test it. I don't have any double A's. I don't know where you get those. I'm just picturing some idiot trying to like cram a nine volt battery into a game and watch, and he's like, "I just I can't figure this out. It's not working. I'll just put it this on eBay." It looks like circles. Yeah. Why can't? Why doesn't it stay just in there? Just sitting there licking it, trying to see if. He can feel a charge on his tongue from uh, the Game & Watch, seeing if it works. Well, this episode, friends, I won the Toyn costs. Toyn costs. <laughs> I won the Costco gift certificate. Are we on Breitbart? Is that I what? Uh, mm. <laughs> we might be, though. I won the Toyn costs. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Fuck my God. What a whirlwind. <sighs> Jesus tits on Christ. Coin. I won the toy cost. Oh my god, you said it again. 
I gotta take off my jacket. But- I won the toy. In- oh wow! <laughs> Six time, not a charm. I. The thing that I won in the beginning, I won the coin toss at the top of the show. So I got to talk about my sh- my show today. <laughs> I got to talk. Oh, fuck it. I got to open my box today. So uh, next time, Kyle, you get to open your box on our next episode of We Talk Games Unboxed. Is that what it is? We Talk Games Mystery Box. And hey, if you want to add box. some gaming retro ephemera to your collection be sure to check out the long island retro gaming expo this august in garden city new york go to expo.liretro.com all the information's there and guess what if you click on over to guest speakers you might see a familiar logo the 8-bit guy he will be there he the 8-bit guy will be there yes. You know what? That reminds me. I don't know if you saw this. Donald Trump's trying to get all the ephemeras out of the military. Hey, everybody. I hope that you like us. Bye-bye. Bye. Wow.